Hi, and welcome to the first ever podcast for The Introspective Fox, a place where we can delve deep into ourselves using a lot of introspection. We're going to examine what makes us us. So let me tell you a bit about myself. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology, and I'm also very fascinated by the metaphysical and spiritual. So let me tell you all a little bit about me. I'm currently working on my postgraduate degree, studying to become a counsellor. I already have a bachelor's in psychological science. So needless to say, psychology definitely fascinates me. And I think a lot of people out there are very curious about why we behave the way that we do. And psychology definitely gives us a little bit of insight into how those patterns of behaviours might begin to occur. But I also think that we all have some sort of belief in something outside of ourselves or something more than ourselves that also controls the way that we behave or influences us you know, to behave in a certain way. So that's what's the basic theme of this show. And today I really want to talk about relationships because the reasons why that we become attracted to the people that we become attracted to and the reasons why we end up in the relationships that we do is something that I find particularly interesting. And I don't just mean romantic relationships, but I also mean in friendships or why we behave the way that we do with family members. But of course, romantic relationships is definitely something that plays a big part in our lives as adults. So we are definitely going to be talking about that today also. So I think we should just jump right in to the topic. And I wanted to start with some major psychological theories that are basically used to explain why we end up with the people that we end up with. Um, so for starters, let's start with proximity. Proximity basically says that we end up with people that are nearby. So people in our own social circles or when you're in high school, people you go to school with, you're more likely to date those people, people in your workplace, because you see them all the time. And the reason why they become romantically attractive to you is because of proximity and because they're familiar to you. So the idea is that people who are near you, who you're familiar with, they're the ones who you're going to end up dating because you feel comfortable with those people. I think that's a little bit flat as an explanation. Um, there's certainly, I believe, more than just people nearby. Otherwise, you would just date your neighbor, maybe. And my neighbor's like 90 years old. Another theory, which is more of a biological reason other than proximity, would be attraction. So the idea that it's very evolutionary based would be that we're picking partners based on what we think is going to create a great offspring. So you want to pick a woman who you think is very feminine shaped with a low hip to waist ratio and we're picking men who are buff because they're going to help us protect our children and be great hunter gatherers. I think it's a little bit outdated because I would like to think the way we're evolving we're moving away from that we haven't been hunter-gatherers for a long time so I think that maybe by now 
the genetics would have changed, I would think. Although maybe they're very deep in the reptilian brain and then they're not changed from us and they're like deep, unconscious sorts of acts that we still do follow, which is also a possibility. Another great psychological concept would be from Freudian psychology, which to be honest, he's not my favorite, but he has some interesting things that he brings up, or at least refers to us as people as more than one part, which generally wasn't done so much before him. So he really had a way to divide us into different parts and pieces, which I think was pretty interesting. The Oedipus complex, which I'm sure you've all heard of, and there's the Electra complex, which is the other one for the girls. So it's basically saying that children are experiencing unconscious feelings of desire towards their opposite sex parent. So I don't know. That's why they say yes. like men tend to marry their mothers or they go for girls who are like their mothers. Girls marry their fathers. You know, they have this idea about it. And I think it comes from that Freudian theory. I don't know if I agree on this one, but I want to take it like in a different direction <laughs> is that when we suffer trauma as children from a particular parent, I think that we do try and heal that trauma as adults when we find uh, a partner. So if your mom would, or your father, it doesn't matter which parents, say one of your parents would berate you and make you feel small, you actually find a partner that does the same. Um, in order to heal that past childhood trauma. I think that that happens a lot. And I do see this in my friends' relationships in particular. I've seen myself do it. I know my partner's done it. I think a lot of people do this and they're not even conscious of it. And that's why people have that saying like, why do I keep going for the same sort of guy? Or why do I keep going for the same sort of girl? It's because you're not healing that past trauma and you're not bridging it into a healthy way or like moving past it so you keep ending up with these same people and I think from a spiritual perspective we would call this like karmic partners or you know past karma that you're trying to heal and I think that people fall into this trap of abuse as well because they're saying well it's my karmic responsibility or it's my karmic partner well maybe but I would I would err on the side of caution about staying in abusive relationships because of a spiritual purpose that doesn't make any sense to me I think that people might be also playing down the abuse by saying it's just a spiritual thing um, but let me know what you think about that one, because I think that's a really interesting topic. And I think that we might do another show on that topic completely in the future. Because um, there's a lot of information that I could go into on that one. But at this point, we're just talking about why people are attracted to each other. I guess the obvious one is we're attracted to people that we find attractive. But how likely are you to go up to someone who you find extremely attractive. Uh, that I find particularly interesting. So everyone has a sort of scale in their mind, whether conscious or unconscious of it, of where they rate themselves, say, between one and 10. 
the likelihood of someone who say rates themselves a four of going up to someone who's a seven is pretty unlikely. So you're more likely to match yourself with someone who you think is the same number as you. And that's who you actually go after, which is a bit unfortunate because I think if you have particularly low self-esteem and you're an eight and then you can't pair yourself with anyone because you're probably waiting for people to come up to you but people might be like oh like if you're an eight or a nine and you got low self-esteem you don't realize and you're waiting for people to come up to you and no one's coming up it's just feeding that unfortunate desire of oh no I really am unattractive when you know you're not you're just a unicorn essentially yeah but obviously that's an obvious one why we're attracted to each other would be because you know we we are attracted to people who are the same level of attractiveness as us and along those lines we're also attracted to people who we think are similar to us or have similar traits to us people who have the same cultural background as us these kinds of things they attract us to one another because they're familiar again and we're attracted to like their personalities because they're similar and we want to be with the kind of people like us because that's how you get along with people you got to have things in common people who you have things in common with you're more likely to be attracted to you I think that a lot of these concepts are pretty basic knowledge. I think that everyone is pretty much aware of these things. It's very prominent in pop culture and things like that, which is why I didn't go into too much of the psych psychological research behind it all. I don't think it's particularly necessary to talk about right now, but I would like to hear what you guys think about it. I know a lot of you are probably going to say, well, hey, opposites attract, but I think I think that's true too but I think we covered that with the opening part about being healing past trauma and attracting yourself to someone who isn't like you but maybe mimics someone in your past and then trying to work through that trauma with them in order to heal your inner self um, but hey if you've got it some different thoughts on that definitely um, send us through an email or a Facebook message at the introspective fox because that would be great to hear from you guys about that. At this point, I know we've talked a little bit about the psychological theories, but I think it would be good to talk about some more spiritual concepts. So what is it about us that attracts us to one another? And I wanted to talk about some more spiritual ideas now, rather than just the psychological aspects. So. What is it that attracts us to each other spiritually? And why does it sometimes that we feel like we've known someone for a long time? Why does that happen? And I guess there's no real good scientific answer for that one. So I guess the most common thing that we hear when it comes to spiritual connections with people is, I know this person from somewhere. I've definitely met you before. Uh, I just feel like I know you. And I think that that's why we have this idea of soul families, soulmates, twin flames, karmic partners. These are people that we've been with in the past, in past lives, or at least our souls have. 
or some sort of higher part of ourselves. And that's why we feel these instant connections to people. So this idea of knowing someone before uh, and twin flames is definitely another one that gets tossed around in the spiritual community, um, which I will talk about on another day, not today, because there's a lot of information to go into on that one as well. Uh, and a lot of different angles to look at when it comes to twin flames in particular, because it's more than just the soulmate connection. So another day we'll definitely talk about those kinds of things. So reasons why we're attracted to each other spiritually. Like I said, first, they're part of your soul family. So what is the soul family? It's people you've incarnated with previously and people that you work with in well, the physical world. So they're people who you come and be born with and they're around you and they're sometimes reincarnated as family members. They're sometimes just romantic partners. Um, but as we incarnate each time, they might not necessarily always play the same role in your life. So sometimes it might be a romantic partner in another incarnation. They'll come as a, a sister or a friend or a parent. They just... They're just your soul family and they come around constantly and incarnate with you. Like I said, they're not always the same type of person in your life, but you do come across them again and again in your incarnations, which is why sometimes you might feel extremely connected to someone. So another reason is that they might be one of your soulmates. A soulmate is someone who you will incarnate with sometimes more than once but they're different from your soul family because there's someone you build your deep understandings with about yourself and you grow spiritually with these people they're they're not necessarily always good in your life i know i've had a soulmate who was particularly negative in my life but really changed the way that I am with people and with myself and really opened my eyes to a lot of things I was pretty shut off to even though I thought I was pretty switched on and pretty open um but he wasn't a particularly good person nothing negative happened he just wasn't good for me so this particular soulmate that I had in my life he was like I said particularly negative for me he didn't do anything bad to me but he wasn't great for me either but when I met him I was deeply connected to him and it was just like everything just lined up fate-wise for us running into each other continuously until we ended up spending time together and then when I wanted to break away from this relationship it was very hard for me I just kept feeling this pull back and pull back and it's like this bond between you that you just can't sever and to this day I still sometimes I'm talking to this person even though all this experience was like 15 years ago it still comes up because there's this deep underlying connection between our souls maybe 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 I just need to work on myself more to get away from negative people one or the other or maybe something else I mean I can't really be sure but as if it was a soulmate relationship I'm thinking that this is the kind of feeling you would feel, this, this deep pull and desire to be with someone. But sometimes the lesson is just to pull back and like snap that connection, just cut that cord. And that's another thing, like cord cutting, 
um, as a ritual that you can do, like spiritually, to sever the connection between you and someone else. Um, whether or not this actually cuts the metaphysical cord between you or just gives your mind the belief um, that you've been able to do it and that you've mentally made that break you know, in your mind and that's what actually keeps you from going near them again. I don't know. Um, again, this is one of those things I'd love to hear what you think. Do you think that when you cut the connection between yourself and a, a soulmate that you're physically cutting a cord or you're just creating a mental barrier psychologically in your mind to stop you from going there? So a karmic partner, someone that you have a debt to in a past life that you need to balance out in this one. So for example, they might have saved you in a past life and now your soul is indebted to them and that you have to somehow save them. It could be the other way as well. You could have wronged that person in a past life. I don't know. I can't say I've ever personally experienced something like this, but I have heard a lot of other people speaking about this kind of um, soul relationship, but it's, it's not something I don't think I've ever experienced. But um, if, if you've had a, a karmic debt or a balance that you've needed to repay in this life, something that you feel you've had to do, I would love to hear that story. And if you wanted to share it, please feel free to send me a message at uh, Introspective Fox on Facebook. It would be great to hear from you about that. So... So what's left is the twin flame relationship. So the twin flame relationship, and like I said, I could do a whole episode on this one and I'm not going to today, so we'll just do it briefly. It's a person that is kind of like the other part of you. Um, Together you make the whole piece. Not that your soul is in two pieces, but I like to think of it as in another dimension, you're... Or, in another plane of existence dimension there's some other part of reality that we're not necessarily aware of like the part where your consciousness exists um, you're actually one being and here on earth you have come into two bodies but you're still connected by this one being that sounds a bit alien-esque and strange but it's the only way my head can wrap around it i think so your twin flame and you are this one being connection. Your twin flame is someone who when you meet them you already know them and it's slightly different from those other I know this person because this person you don't just know you really understand and everything you think like you know like when you kiss someone and it feels wrong you're like oh this doesn't feel like the kind of kiss I want and this doesn't feel like 100% my reflection um, so when it happens with your twin flame, it's exactly how you thought it should be. And all these things, it just makes sense. I guess is the best way to describe it. It's a very rare relationship and it doesn't happen that often. And it seems that a lot of people think that they're in these kinds of relationships. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. It's a very hard thing to really measure or validate because it's very much based on your own introspective feelings about how you feel about that person and how much you think you're connected to them and 
I think that, like I said, it's not an easy thing to measure. You can't validate that in any way. It's just people's opinions. But they also bring out the most in one another. So they can also, they can enhance each other and bring out the best in each other. But they can also, because you see each other so deeply, you know where all the wounds are in that person's um, state of being. So it happens in a lot of these twin flamey relationships that you bring up the worst in that person and they have to process these negative feelings. Like I said, it's a long topic, but it's basically, you know, it's like a soul connection, like a soulmate, but so much more intense. So I wanted to wrap this up with really just a final thought on attraction and relationships. And I know we've only touched like some surface level conversational topics, but I think it's a good place to begin with the subject. And the next show can always go deeper into it, but I'd really love some some feedback. And I guess I really want to hear you guys' thoughts. What is it that attracts you to people? Is it just... Because we know it's not just the the physical stuff. Because people always, like, they need a sense of humor. And they need, um, you know... People always want to be... People usually have this sort of, I guess, list. I don't want to say list. But they have an idea of what they want in a partner. And they say, like, they want the other person to have a sense of humor or be empathetic, be a good parent, be um, a good person, or be generous, charitable, a philanthropist, whatever. There's a good list of what people think that they might want in a partner that they usually hold inside them. But even if you have that list, how do you know that person has it? Especially like, do you just go up and ask people like, oh, are you generous? Like you don't do that. So how how is it that you make that initial connection with someone, um, or is it that you you you're not looking, you're just waiting for them to show up? Is that it? I don't know. I want to hear what other people. I guess, what is it that you do? What is it that gets that initial attraction to you? If it's more than just physical, or is it you go for the physical and then if they don't check off those things, you move along. Or is there something more to it? Do you go after that soul feeling of this deep, like, connection that you have with someone that you just know instantly, this is someone that's meant to be in my life. I'm really curious what what it is that binds people together. Um, I've always been interested in this, um, ever since I was a child, really. I've always said, what, what is it that makes people get together? Um, I don't know why. It's just something that interests me. So I'm really interested in you guys' thoughts. So even if you think it's a bit silly or it's not very interesting, guaranteed I'm going to find it interesting. Um, I want to hear your thoughts. So please definitely um, send a message at the Introspective Fox on Facebook. And I'll put some links in and everything where you can find us. Um, And yeah, we will see you next time.